over there? Is that Cronano? Yoo-hoo! What have you been up to, my silly boy? Well, just looking for a new angle, my dear. Ready to begin? Yahoo! Turn on the podcast and listen real close. We're the two fatos that you love the most. What's your angle? What's your angle? What's your angle podcast? If you love me, please tell me what. Your angle. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Watch Your Angle podcast. My name is Mark Norman, Mark Wahlberg. All the marks that I love. Everybody. Do you guys remember when we first started, we would wear headphones every single episode? It's, it's really weird that you said that. I swear to God, and this is, yeah. I'm not kidding. I was in the bathroom uh-huh. and I was literally, <laughs> I was just I'm not even kidding. I was thinking about that literally like the exact, that exact <laughs> thought. That's so fucking weird that you mentioned that. Yeah, That keeps happening all week, man. So we, we are literally sharing head consciousness. Head and now, you guys, a lot of people have been asking me, I don't know about I you, but I've just either. been walking on the I'm street. I'm joking. I'm fucking serious. I've just been walking on the street, and people have been coming up to me and saying, um, you're Caleb Cronano, right? I go, yes, of course. What do you want? Autograph picture? They go, yes, I do want that. But also, I am wondering, I have a burning question inside of me that if it isn't answered, I will commit suicide. They ask me, they say, why did you guys stop wearing headphones? You guys want to know the true story? And this is a good one. It's a really good one. Um, one time we're going to record the podcast. This is maybe episode two. We have been doing it for quite a bit now, and I'm on my way to Jake's house, taking the commute, and uh, I'm loading up my bags, loading up my things, and I forget my headphones. And now this to us was a blessing in disguise. I get there. What are we gonna do? We don't have our headphones. We can't listen to ourselves speak. Little did we know that was the key to our success. And I think right then and there, episode two, that's when our views started dropping. As a true statement, friends. And look, if you look at the screen, our headphones are smiling right now mm-hmm. because they know that they have no use. They're it's like happy that, as it's can like be. that Mac Miller song. What's the use? You know, I I think about that every day when I think about headphones um, and how far headphones have come in general. And generally, I think about shapes in inanimate objects. And if inanimate objects are happy and sad, you can tell by the shapes they're making. A great version is a. Uh, of this is the car. You look at the back of a car, you see a face. Look at the front of the car, you see a face. You ask yourself, is the car happy, is the car sad? And usually it's happy or sad depending on how well you take care of mm-hmm. that said inanimate object, um, which is really kind of raised, we're trying to raise awareness in general just about inanimate objects mm. um, and the emotions that they could or could not potentially have. You know, We don't understand that level of science we actually don't know whether or not plants uh, have emotions or not, but there is studies that show that they do feel sad, um, happy, and, and horny too. Um, so we're trying to really get smarter. So, so we we're do. trying to start this hashtag of hashtag get smarter to all 2020, hashtag inanimate objects um, have feelings too. Yeah. That's the, a numerical too, not the full T O O. I mean, you could just kind of try experimenting go around your room go around your house maybe your car and i want you guys to take a look at your inanimate objects and ask them this one right here. okay let, let's do it let's do a little th- experiment 
Okay, so we're we're we're, we're trying to see. Oh, he sat right on the headphones. Great. And look, he sat so on them, and now, ah, uh, now it's just an upside down. Now they're just face. headphones. Mm. Oops. So you can see right down right. in there how the mood was affected. Now let's take this bottle, for instance, this hydro flask, this ridiculously large water bottle. You could knock someone over the head, make bone broth, easy money. Now, how That's do we how find do out it. if it's happy or sad? We can look at maybe let's let's find the the object in in this uh, design that make looks most like a face. Maybe the bottom. Mm, no, I would say maybe the cap. You got go. I don't one. really know about yeah, that either. Cyclo- yeah, I see it. Oh, okay. See, I don't this is see the mouth. It. So okay, we got a happy guy here. This is the oh, eye. I see it. So it's, mouth. show the viewers. So you're so looking guys, at a cyclops. You can see it's tough. It's kind of like a plankton, but you see that 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 square is the mouth. So he's it's like opening up his wide mouth. Open. He wants some food. Yay! Yeah. Wait, I'm gonna do a side by side. Okay, check it out, guys. And oh. imagine I had one eye. It's not that hard to imagine. I can see it. The resemblance is uncanny. We might even be related. Like, yeah. Anyway, guys, so the anime, anime you can object. see that Jake takes really good care of this this mm-hmm. water bottle because it's using its face. It's it's happy. It wants him to drink from him, and it is just excited to start the day. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm going to use my inanimate Take object sip. the responsible way. Mm-hmm. Drink responsibly. And now you're going to use that inanimate object as it is. Let's get these headphones happy again. I'm sorry that. Jake had to sit his fat ass on you. Sometimes I gotta really put it, to put them in their place. Yeah, and that's broken. Sometimes I gotta break my headphones. Hmm. Those are about two fifty. They were pretty expensive. And what's, Audio Technica, the guys. What's funny about that is, look at the quality, right? Hmm. I love that. It's amazing. This is a feature that they call. It's called purposeful shedding. Mm-hmm. And so your headphones start to shed the magnificent material that they use on the top. It's almost like a leather. But it's a mix of leather and something else. So at the end of the day, it wants to give this donut, glazed donut appeal. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see these, this was actually in partnership with Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme. They did a three-way par- joint partnership. Wow. Competitors actually holding hands for once. Wow. Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts said, you know, we need people to buy more Audio Technicas. We're going to make these look like glazed donuts. And by doing so, we're helping Audio Technica. But more importantly, they're getting my fat ass to the nearest Dunkin' Donuts. I'm getting a large cold brew, uh-huh. black, no ice. That's my regular order. And I'm going to f- get a dozen of these. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I, I can kind of see that Dunkin' Donuts had the initial idea maybe to, with the, if you can imagine the glaze fully on here, similar to the top, they kind of had the idea, okay, we're going to do the old fashioned donut. And then Krispy Kreme came along and they said, okay, we're going to do the underskin. And we're going to, when, when, when the old fashioned is shed, we're going to go to the uh, glazed, the classic Krispy Kreme glazed donut with this kind of white, more opaque look. And that's a brilliant idea. And now where did Audio Technica come in? They, they just simply designed the head. They didn't do much. All the Audio Technica did was uh, fund the whole thing. So hmm. they were the So bank. really, really not much. Re- they really didn't do much. I think in the future, Krispy Kreme and Dunkin' Donuts will know that they can kind of work on their own, you make know, their own design. I've, I've been doing a lot of research on Business Insider. I have a friend that works oh. there and, and writes actually for many of their articles. Wow. And the most recent article that she was working on was why isn't Starbucks hopping on the uh, the donut train, right? Oh, I never noticed that. Do, do not tell me, right? That's right. the actual title of the of the canny um, you know, I love newspaper. Man. Journalism these days is great. I really, I envy the person whose job it is to write titles for every article. Yeah. You have an author, they write the whole thing, and they send them to the titleist. The T-E-O. 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 There's the CEO, and then the T-E-O is one step higher. Yes. Uh, the title executive officer. Um, also, good thing to comment on is why why call any executive an officer? 
that i do not know that's that's a little seems like it's contributing to the hierarchy and the monarchy of things things right so we have the teo and don't tell me starbucks Mm. is uh making great strides in the you know fried pastry industry right what's amazing is starbucks is really focused on you know getting their cake pops in order and perfectly symmetrical they haven't spent enough time though on getting these these johns Donuts. so they're actually missing out on an incredible deal now, of the market percentage i'm wondering i feel like i've been in a starbucks before maybe i've seen kind of a donut no type no, no, product. no 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 maybe no. not a, a real donut but it, it could have been kind of a cakey the closest glazy. thing was a cakey almost a i don't know if it had a hole though it looked like just a circle Hmm. right maybe maybe interesting either way it was dry it was crumbly and it definitely was not the donut that i want to shove in my face it tasted like poo poo foo foo we don't need the any cake pops here. on the other hand that is brilliant i don't know how they've developed that symmetrical technology where the ball is completely circular they must have hired a psychopath because i heard the only people that can make perfect circles are psychopaths or sociopaths whichever one you feel on the appropriate day but uh i am proud of them i'm proud of the ceo and i'm proud of the big things that are going on at starbucks man i love that company they're great, huh? Mm-hmm. They're really great because whoever created the name, right? Starbucks. Okay, let's break that down. Let's break it down. Let's First, it down. it's obviously a compound word. We got star and we got bucks. So Which star is easy, right? Star is easy. The guy who created felt that his coffee was a star, mm-hmm. you know, in the industry. So add that first. That makes total sense. But where I get the lost... bucks is what I'm not sure about. Because we can speculate, right? There's two different options we can take. There's two different roads. You have buck, like buckshot like mm-hmm. when you go hunting you shoot up some bucks you take home a bunch of venison or elk uh well what's the term i think it's venison or whatever well, it's buck. deer venison is the meat from the, the, deer. the from a buck and a deer sure they're probably in the same family probably so maybe starbucks originally started as some sort of fast food fried venison joint um where they serve you know venison patties but one can only speculate the other more likely reason is bucks and what do we know so well on this podcast about collecting bucks mm-hmm. the buck we the mighty pancake. dollar yep the mighty dollar one on one mano y mano so let's break it down star right so the star Jesus's of the coffee compass. industry the best one the north star where the where the where they're delivering the, the myrtle and the thyme the and wise the, men baristas. the wise men baristas kind of came in they followed that north star of the coffee they came to baby Jesus and they delivered him a tall grande latte. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we have bucks. Gulped it down. Starbucks. So I am trying to put the compound word together. So in other words, you're, they're trying to say that they are following the North Star to try to get the almighty dollar? Something. I think so. I think we figured it out. Now, does this mean that Starbucks is a, is a Christian company? I would say yes. I would say yes. I would declare know. them a Christian company. I think I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure, but I'm gonna hypothesize. I'm gonna state as fact at this time that Starbucks and Chick Fil A are owned by the same owner. There's enough evidence to support that. Yeah. So just we're gonna what just, we've said, we're gonna call it fact. Do a blanket statement real quick and say that Starbucks is owned by the same people who own Chick Fil A. And if you are supporting Starbucks, then you're supporting Chick Fil A and their ethical standpoint as well. It's kind of an amazing. Which is thing. great. Yeah, it was, well, it's great. It's Christian it's values. Christian values. What, what can be wrong about that? It's true. But Starbucks, right? You have to spend a little bit more time thinking about their title. Something more with like Dunkin' Donuts. Well, that I can wrap my head obvious. around. That's pretty clear. 
But did you know that Dunkin' Donuts is actually taking the donuts out of their name because of this whole bullshit movement of promoting better health? Oh. So, I which like is that. nonsense. Yeah. You know, why, why get rid of one of America's staples, the donut? Why take that out of the equation, right? They're still going to serve it in their company. They're still going to serve it in the, those big but they don't purple wanna, and they orange doors. they don't want to have doors, a connotation of donuts. Which I don't get. I don't get because that's their selling point. Fat Albert and his Johns went there. They got their fucking donuts. Fat motherfuckers. And they had that same box. I remember that traditional box comes in a dozen. If you uh, looked at the underground menu, you could get the baker's dozen there. You Ooh, get 13, 13 donuts. That's interesting. But what's funny is they wouldn't put them in the box. They would just hand them to you. They right. said, I know you're going to eat this on the way out. Starting up the car engine, revving mm-hmm. it up. You're going to drink your coffee. You know, you know what I did here, though? They do have a small... Uh, a, a secret kind of box that they keep they get a small batch of them i heard i don't know if this is true correct me if i'm wrong you seem to know more about duncan than i um but it was a, a box similar for a standard dozen that's 12 nuts but they had a little extender that slid out in the box and that was for that one mm-hmm. baker's dozen uh, i heard about this box never seen it but I, I did see the prototype and uh duncan p johnson the owner of duncan donuts which is why it's called duncan donuts as we know today duncan p johnson came up with this prototype because he was sick and tired of going to the bakery when he was growing up he would say okay let's get a baker's dozen of bread baker's dozen of of you know brioche buns baker's dozen of donuts mm-hmm. and every single time they wouldn't know what to do with that 13th donut and so he kind of pioneered the system. It's just the regular box, and then it has a little undercarriage, similar to a CD drive. If you remember a CD player? Probably not because you guys are all in middle school watching, but CD player is this old kind of tool where you'd press the thing, a little, little insert would come, you'd put the CD, and that's kind of how this donut hole started. Mm-hmm. Now, they were having problems with the original prototype of that because the glaze would actually fill through the circuit board that controlled the CD Oh, you, so you mean they actually had a CD player functioning simultaneously? Similarly, right? They okay. took the... They took the technology from the from those Chinese, and they kind of manipulated it in a certain way to function. Maybe it doesn't play the laser disc, but it does play to your taste buds, which is where you put the donut. Um, so that utilized about eighty percent of the same technology that would mm-hmm. load up, you know, your favorites, uh, Michael Bublé top forty. But just that twenty percent, so that it wouldn't actually display. Yes, I see. And they they had a problem with the circuitry in the in the cardboard box simply because there was just too much damn glaze on them donuts. Mm. So that's why they had to reduce the glaze. Mm-hmm. 1998, Dunkin' Donuts started cutting back on their glaze donuts. They used to do 100%. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. They used to do a 95% glaze. They leave 5% air. And then now they cut back to 85% glaze until 1985. And they said that their new donut protocol, they're going to cut down even more because they're trying to reduce calorie count on their new slogan for Dunkin', named after Dunkin' P. Johnson. So they really are changing their name from Dunkin' Donuts to Dunkin', huh? It's, it's really, I don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But like any good thing in, in this world, any good capitalistic, you know, conglomerate, they're gonna find a way through it, and they're gonna eventually convince the consumer that it's okay. You yeah. know, so similar to how McDonald's, uh, no Wendy's, I apologize, say their beef is never frozen. You know, and that took me a little bit to get convinced because I trust frozen food. It's definitely not going to have as many germs, and and all the germs died from being frozen, right? So it took me a while to get behind this whole concept of frozen beef. It also took me a long time to get behind their idea of square cheeseburgers. I mm. thought that was sacrilegious. Yeah, let's talk about that for a bit. I remember I was a young boy um, growing up in the same town where we had these great, amazing restaurants. We had Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, and then one of them, of course, was Wendy's, Wendy's Restaurant, Wendy's Old Fashioned Hamburger Restaurants, the full title. Um, right around 2005, 2006, you started seeing the restaurants come with that little kind of 
under sign that would say old fashioned hamburger. You know, it wasn't just Wendy's, it was Wendy's old fashioned hamburger. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking old fashioned. Well, what's so old fashioned about this modern shape of the square? And it took me a while to wrap my fat head around that. I was a young, obese kid. I wanted to eat anything that was in my way. You know, any type of fast food, any type of frozen product, any type of, um, you know, fatty, fried thing. I just, all I wanted to do, didn't care what it is, we eat it. But when I stumbled upon that square burger, I was perplexed. Perfectly symmetrical, too. Yeah, always perfectly symmetrical, which was interesting. The McDonald's circle, of course, the circle burger, created in 1955. Perfectly symmetrical circle. Uh, I think they actually got Charles Manson to do the... Uh, he was the, actually one of the first fry cooks. Well, yeah, because he did the design for that perfect circle. They said, okay, we got a, we got a, we got this beef. We got, we're getting this beef in. It's just minced meat. You know, we mm-hmm. got it in our, in, our, in our walk-in. What are we going to do? How are we going to shape it? Yeah. And the first person said, you know, some dumb Italian raised their hand. They said, uh, we're going to make a polpette. We're going to do a meatball. No. Charles Manson literally... Fired came, him Literally went up to him. Charles Get Manson Mario after the shift... Here. He literally went up, Charles Manson, this was his first killing, went up to him and he took a knife that was uh, used to cut the, the onions and the pickles. They used to make their own onions and pickles. Back then he took he that said, same come, knife. come back here. I need, said, I, need, I, need, I need help with the this pickles. This was Charles. Charles was 16 up. years old. At he said, Mario, come back here. He, he said, oh, what do you need? Literally, he turned around. Manson stabs him once right in the back and then goes up to his neck, slits his throat. He's bleeding everywhere. Mm-hmm. This is right when the corporate John McDonald walks in, sees this going on. He goes, I'm not going to say a damn thing. Because he knew Mario was going to be a huge jeopardy for the business with his new polpette idea. So the next morning, Manson comes in. He just murdered, you know, an innocent Italian man, immigrant family just was moved. left for dead. Four months just ago. moved. You know, it was it was oh, the, fresh off the boat. F- f- the, it was the rise of, of immigration to America to create the great country that we have today. But it's that's the, the point. So Manson comes in the next day. He says, "Boss, I got an idea." Boss says, "What is it?" He takes the um, the meat, the mince meat. And he somehow... We'll call he, it that. Mystery me. He Where'd constructs it, it into a perfectly round... I don't know if you guys can see. If you can imagine kind of... I don't know if, you've, if you, I don't know if Actually, you guys can see. This is a decent reference. This is a decent reference, but these are, are more kind of a, a ovular here. You want to envision, envision something like an oval, but it's a little more... What's the word? Sir. Well, I don't know. That's kind of like using a definition in the definition. Using the word in the definition. Maybe, um, well, let's talk about the... the a little more like a donut. Like maybe. A, that's something you guys can wrap your heads around, yeah? Dumb fucks? It's kind of like a donut. A little more spread out. So anyway, he creates this perfect, what we know now as a circle. Charles Manson, inventor of the circle, first psychopath in America, killed Mario the Italian. And when he wasn't, you know, slicing up those those sweet virgins, he was whipping up some amazing patties. Yeah, so John McDonald... John John McDonaldson saw this. John McDonald. John Duncan Duncan P. Johnson, John McDonald himself saw this and said, wow. It's crazy. They lived in the same cul-de-sac. They would actually carpool to work. They got those circles into production. Now, the Wendy's story, totally different thing. The year was 19... I think it was 1970? 69. 69, exactly. And uh, Wendy's had just started in in, in 65. They had been around. They had been using the the circular Norm... John Norm McDonald... uh, prototype charles manson prototype mario killing prototype being a follower they're not really leading the industry in any way they're just being dumb fucking followers um and so they had been following that prototype then one day 
Uh, a little little woman, little Dave. Dave had a meeting Dave with a little woman, his little woman, and uh, her name was Miss Betty White. Now, uh, many of you know Betty White now as the actress, uh, and her name was Betty White. And she came in. She was just a young lad. She's doing stand-up comedy by night. She's working as a teacher by day. And goddamn, but, she was so on, she was so on the eyes, but in the, the best way. Well, yeah, and that's why Whew. Dave knew her. Dave had met her at a, at a she had that a, sweet old behind a bar. And uh, Betty him White, of the, of the two patties, Betty White and Dave Jr. from Wendy's, ass. were actually kind of they had a little romantic, uh, what, how do you say, uh, conglomeracy. They, they were like glue. They fought. They were like apples and oranges. So mm-hmm. they were together. And anyway, they were meeting one day at Wendy's at the headquarters of the flagship. This was the first store in Missouri, Tennessee. And uh, Betty White said, listen, I got this idea for commercial. Of course, she was doing stand-up comedy by night, so she had all the funnies in her head. Mm-hmm. And Dave quickly said, okay, how can I steal this woman's idea? Because the you know the founding fathers of America, the great people of this country, as we know, they love stealing ideas from women uh, who come up with ideas themselves. So she, It's an American said, pastime. It's, it's an American, it's, it's almost, as I would say, if you would say the, the, the best American pastime. There's baseball, it's here, and then on top is men, white men stealing, stealing ideas women's from ideas. women. Yes. Especially women of... Uh, African color yes. and 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 uh, Latin descent, of course. But anyway, Betty was a complete white Caucasian racist ass motherfucker. She had a husband in the clan a couple years before. Look at that. her last name, White. That's besides the point. Supremacy, so, maybe. I don't know. Dave said, "Okay, what do you have?" Makes Betty says, burger, "I got this idea for a commercial. Mm. Uh, it's going to say, where's the beef?' Because uh, he, he literally couldn't find it. He yeah. said, "Where did that fucking?" Dumb that's cunt that's what beef. sparked this commercial because because he was looking around he's scrambling around his office he's opening up the drawers he's opening up you know his uh rolodex he says Whore, where, where is did the you beef? fucking put the beef i she told goes, you to put wait it a minute wait a minute stop. Back of the she, said, she said she said wait a minute so please don't hit me don't hit me she said i got an idea he says what is it broad she said where's the beef what about square the beef okay Dave's, dave says square the beef. His hands raised like this. He's about to give her what she deserves. And then he, he takes puts it down it and he slowly. Goes like this with his hand. He goes, he goes, kiss me, Betty. And they make passionate love. In and the walk in. After that, he had an idea. And this was not influenced by Betty White's idea at all, but he was going to bed that night. He said, hmm, square patty, square beef. I've heard that before somewhere. I don't know where it was. It was that but from. I have an idea. It's a godsend. It was, it was a divine intervention. It was more like that, yeah had nothing to do with betty um he said square the beef wow so next morning he shows up to work fry cooks are forming a patty he slits their throat quickly hires new fry cooks took a page out of manson's book and get them out he said form them patties into squares so somehow they developed a grid technology kind of like guys if you can imagine a circle like this is a circle right and then if you can imagine the circle kind of closing in and developing pointed edges, mm. this is when you get the Wendy shape, the square. Square was invented in, was it 69 by Dave Jr. 90 Wendy's. degree angles, four of them. So it's four 90 degree angles and they created that perfect symmetrical patty. And uh, from there on out, it was history. Now, to this day, people don't get don't understand the uh, shape of the patty. And there's a lot of stories that go around, you know, things having to do with Betty White's idea. A couple of old wives' tales as to explaining why it happened. But we know the truth, right? Yeah. You just got to do your research. Um, something that's a little bit lacking in today's society. People mm. don't do enough research. I also think people get their facts wrong a lot. And I think it's because lack of citation. Uh, people will hear something and they'll take it as the truth, you know, right away. Yep. 
and they don't you know look for any evidence they don't look for where can i find it they just see the headline of the article and like the word is bond so they look know. up to teos right they say the title the title executive has much more work than anyone else in the drop down list you know in the, in the reverse tree and he's getting paid the big book so why should i listen to anybody else and you know people really put a little too much faith in the teo sometimes you know there's a lot of corruption in the in the TEO conventions that they have every week. Mm. Um, you know, millions of TEOs fly out. They go to a secluded island, um, kind of near Hawaii. It's one of the off uh, the off islands of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. They get together and they talk about what are some ways that big business can, can uh, be more corrupt, right? So they brainstorm ideas on corruption, and uh, they they say how can we get the corruption through the titles? And I think they cracked the case. I really think they they're onto something. Mm-hmm. It's really good for America too, because it, it, like I, you know, you just have to use your brain, and you have to. It's your responsibility as an American to discern the difference between a false leading title and a real one. Hmm. And if you really just use five seconds of your, you know, logic abilities, Simple. you could really. You just click tell that the article. Difference. Just click the article. It takes literally five seconds, ten seconds if you run on LTE, and load up. You can check the facts. You can see if that title is misleading or if it's truthful. But most Americans don't have no. uh, five to ten seconds in their day, which is why our podcast gets about three seconds of listening on average. Was it t- I think it's more two. Two. two se- I think two seconds on average. And so we're in a lot of debt to YouTube because of that, because as we've said a couple episodes back now, I can't even keep track now. Um, we actually owe YouTube money when we get lack of views. I think, what is it, five views you have to get? Yeah, okay. I think it's five views per video you have to get in order to not owe YouTube um, any money and it's a thousand dollars per every view that you don't get so yeah it's not that hard to get five views but somehow we've been able to not get five views every single time and uh, so basically we're owing them somewhere around fifteen thousand dollars at this point daily motion doesn't have this in place no Vimeo doesn't have this in place no. right but if we go on there we most certainly will never get any views just because of how little impact that they have on you know society and how it works so we had to take the high road and we had to take the expensive road yeah well we had to we had to go somewhere that was owned by google because ultimately daily motion vimeo they don't have a higher monopolizing company whereas youtube does did you know if you go on daily motion you can actually find uh, portions of of soft core porn and some hard porn uh unlike youtube where porn is kind of out out of the game Mm -hmm. we originally wanted to start this podcast as a porn kind of analysis um Podcast. We want to take different scenes, kind of talk about what makes the woman in it tick, right? Then on the weekends, you know, we do the after hours portion of the porn segment when we kind of analyze more gay oriented porn. Now, not necessarily lesbian on lesbian, but it was more man on man and kind of constructing what could happen when they turn the cameras off. And hopefully they continue to have a some sort of healthy relationship, whether mm. it was friendship, friends with benefits, or we were kind of speculating when we were doing the pilot episodes what a gay man's life would be like if they lived, you know, in harmony and they they went to Applebee's together and they ordered the same drinks. Like, well, that's what we would think about. That was the original idea for this podcast. It was called, um, you know, Porn Analysis with Jake D'Ambra and Caleb Cronin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we found out that the title was a little too long because we took a uh, title accountant. We asked him how it was. T- he was a former TEO of, uh, where was it? I think it was ExxonMobil. And he said, that's a little bit too long BP. of a title. It's BP. It's BP. I always get those confused because they're spelled Excellent so similarly. Yeah. Um, and he said, that's a bit too long of a title. I love the concept. Um, but you guys want to get you guys are gonna want to change it. So this is what so we he said. Okay, with. well, well, that's kind of a long title. I love the concept, so let's keep the concept, but let's change the title. And he said, okay, how about we change the concept and we change the title altogether? And we said, well, we thought you just said that you love the concept, you just wanted to change the title. But he said, no, we're gonna change the whole concept, change the title, and change the show. So right. we listened to our TEO, otherwise known as TO, and uh, did what he said. But getting back to what you said about the uh, Applebee's drink situation, now this is interesting. It is kind of reminds me of my old, my past, my old days when I used to go to Applebee's. I would order order a drink called strawberry lemonade. You remember that drink? I do. It was uh, kind of like order it. yeah, it was kind of like a hybrid. It's almost a lemonade, almost a strawberry kind of right. quasi quasi juice type of th- situation. And that made me think when you said that, guys, what are your favorite lemonade hybrids? And let's let's bring at least three to the table now. We got the strawberry lemonade. What's another hybrid lemonade? Peach. Peach lemonade. Interesting. Okay, and then that's a personal favorite of yours. Uh, no, no. Okay, uh, and then we of course have the Arnold Palmer, the iced tea lemonade. Let's kind of put these three on a pedestal and let's let's really talk about what is the best one. Now the strawberry lemonade has a, a great combination of tart and sweet flavors. You're getting the uh, acidic notes from the lemon, but you're also getting a little bit of acidity from the strawberry depending on the season, but ultimately that's, that's uh, giving you the high fructose kick that you need. Lemonade staying there grounded, you know, lemon flavors. Um, with the peach lemonade, I can say I think the peach kind of started has, in Georgia. I think it started in Georgia, and state. I think it has a little bit of an earthier. Um, how would you describe the flavor of a peach? It's it's a bit it's more hairy. It's it's a, it gets mm-hmm. hairy. So you do have the pulp of the hair in the lemonade. That's mm. one one kind of con, or it could be a pro depending on how you look at it. Just picture a fruit made out of what's on my chin right now. Mm-hmm. It's peach fuzz, but it has a delicious kind of um, like a oily mineral, oily juicy quality. Um, and again, bouncing with the acidic lemon, so that goes well. But it's a bit lighter on the palate, I would say. Now, the iced tea lemonade, the Arnold Palmer, might be the perfect combo, it folks. Is. It might be because the iced tea has the sweetness, has the tea herbal notes, not too overpowering like strawberry and peach. Kind of lets the lemon sing. Would you agree? It's amazing. It's amazing how Mr. Palmer. <laughs> You're saying about Mr. Palmer. Mr. Palmer, right? He really kind of shows what is possible in in the American dream, right? We have Michael Bloomberg, run of president, uh, but not enough people give credit to Mr. Palmer, right? Mm. The person who kind of fuels uh, Bloomberg's endeavors. You know, Bloomberg is is on record saying, I think it was in the interview with Vox, or you know, he's trying to appeal to more of the. I think it was the BNN. Younger, BNN. That's what it was. Um, and he said, every morning, I don't really drink that black coffee juice. I, I, I'd really function more in an Arnold Palmer society. And he said, my dream and my vision for America is to have everyone have their own complimentary. It's like a milkman, but it's Mr. Palmer, you see. And he's dressed up like a milkman. And he's going to deliver everybody. Um, unfortunately, because of logistical reasons, they can't give everyone their own jug of Arnold Palmer. They actually have to give them a jug of Arnold-sponsored lemonade and Arnold-sponsored iced tea. Gotta mix Those it are yourself. separate. Yes. And there's logistical reasons, you know. There's something going on with the um, line optimization. And it, it makes sense. It really did make sense when I was explained it, you know. But part of Mike Bloomberg's plan 
to take his best friend, Arnold Palmer, and they're going to go around and they're going to deliver one and one. So it's your job, ultimately up to you, to get the ratio right. Mm -hmm. But he made it really easy for you. It's 50-50. If you fuck that up, you're a goddamn retard. And there's Mm -hmm. no debate. So you just have to mix the two. And but I will say that's kind of the drink. con. That's the con of the Arnold Palmer. That's the one downfall is that you do need to mix the two yourself. And I haven't seen uh, any off-brand Arnold Palmers that are already mixed together. It's always two separate entities, and you're up. You're left with the kind of uh, decision, the big decision. Now, of course, on every single box, on every single off-brand, on every single entity, they do say it is a 50-50 formula. Uh, it's a simple juice drink. All you need to do is put half a glass of Arnold Palmer and half a glass of lemonade but uh, a lot of people are having trouble with that <laughs> with that formula and uh, so you know that's the kind of con of the Arnold Palmer but I would say at this time ultimately it is the best lemonade mixture drink um, and that's going to be an official podcast what's your angle podcast statement we're saying at this time that Arnold Palmer is the best lemonade hybrid we hope one day after my bones stop cracking that we'll get them as a potential sponsor hmm. i'd drink that shit till i oh my, till my mouth runs dry i'm getting parched just thinking about it that's why you probably went and took a sip there yeah unfortunately there's no sweet juice in there it's just actually nah. clear liquid which um, what is that stuff by the way that you're drinking i never ask i just kind of drink it hmm. don't ask questions out of the sauce that i saw well i someone else does it for me one of my roommates say they, they hmm. give me that every day i see but man i can't wait for the milkman on a palmer man all part of Mike Bloomberg's plan. It's going to be really amazing how he shapes his country. Because right now it's shaped into kind of a trapezoid with a little bit, little dicks on, on either end. Mm. And then we have Alaska and Hawaii. Part of Mike Bloomberg's plan is to take Alaska, blow it up, and actually the debris that's falling yep. from the land is going to land somewhere in the Montana region. And hopefully of some site. of the weather. This is also his plan to combat uh, global warming. He's going to take um, the colder weather over there once he blows up the continent with, um, oh, not the continent, I apologize, the landmass with uh, nuclear bombs. The snow is going to fly into Mm -hmm. Montana. It's going to regulate the increasing temperatures in, uh, you know, New New Georgia, which is part of a city in in Montana. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen is that's going to directly address the climate change problems. You take the cold part of one part of the world and you're going to actually move it. And no one really thought about this other, to, other than Mike Bloomberg. Hmm. You know, once he made his uh, Monopoly uh, game, so to say, once he played Monopoly enough times, but in the r- real world, he, he started many successful businesses. Yeah. I mean, we've all heard of the Bloomberg Press. And of course. And he took all of that knowledge that he's gained over playing countless hours of Monopoly with his wife and kids. And, you know, he, he was in his sleep, uh, similar to Dave from Wendy's, and he said, man, this world is inefficient. Yeah, and also similar to Dave from Wendy's, he, he kind of got the new idea for shaping the states and making it a perfect square. And, of course, that was taken from Charles Manson, worked for uh, Colonel Kentucky and Kentucky Fried Chicken's world, and kind of he worked for the original Norm MacDonald. And uh, Norm MacDonald is a great... Uh, I, you know, a great kind of American success story of a man who could start a, an amazing fast food business and also function as a comedian and actor. So we want to thank Norm Macdonald at this time for your great tie with Arnold Palmer and contributing to the Bloomberg Press. Great stuff, guys. It's great stuff on the horizon. A lot of stuff to look forward to, I would say, in the uh, lemonade hybrid world. I was thinking, what if you had a fast food chain? You know, they always have Coke or Pepsi products. KFC's Pepsi, I think. Mm. Taco Bell's Pepsi. Maybe. Interesting. Interesting how that that's the case, right? Maybe. Because Coke is just undeniably better. But I, I, I would want to propose, what if in a world you could get your cheeseburger, go to the drink fountain station, and you see 
more diverse drinks, right? You have Michelada, you have uh, Corona, you have, not the buyers, you have um, Arnold Palmer, you have, I don't know, Tamarine. You see these, and instead of those uh, Coca-Cola-sponsored products, what if it was just mystery drinks every week? Hmm. Now, that's a presidential plan I can get into. So I've been really writing, I've been writing uh, Mr. Berg countless times he has not responded to me once but i think i've sent him about 200 give or take letters talking about what he could do better right yeah well a lot of people are are upset with the drink policy the sh- these sugary drinks a lot of um governments will are putting stops to the promotion of sugary drinks in fast food or Why? in restaurants and that's what i ask i'm sorry but it's gonna have to happen soon uh we're more interested in getting variety of sugary drinks. I mean, if we're going to have them there, mm. uh, if we're going to have the biggest sizes that we can offer, let's get some more variety in the sugars. And ultimately, why can't Coke and Pepsi live on the same fountain? Why can't they just coexist, right? We talk about discrimination in this country, and you're damn right it exists, mm-hmm. especially in those tall glasses. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing the kind of hatred you can get from drinking a sweet high fructose drink. How about this? When you go to your local Chili's or Applebee's, you sit down. Let's bring this full circle back to Applebee's. You sit down and, and you go, uh, do you have Coke or Pepsi? And the waitress is put in this awkward situation, right? This is corporate's fault. She has to say, it's uh, Pepsi. Is that okay? And then, you know, he goes, well, no, it's not okay. You. F- it's not okay. Have you ever been because if you knew what a man wanted, you'd give me a fucking Coca-Cola. But instead, you're going to rely on Pepsi? Oh, thanks. Really, really. Uh, I'll make sure to never tip you. And you really don't deserve one, right? So she goes, yeah, she cries. Really not her fault. St- puts her head, you know, in the oven. Um, wants to kill herself. And I don't blame her, right? Because corporate is putting her through this hell, right? But what she doesn't know is that Caleb was actually being a mock customer, um, doing a survey for the TEOs. And then when he did that, she was crying. He looked at me. He said, it had to be done. It had, mm, to, be done. had to be done. Someone had to Someone had to do had it. to take the pain. Now, listen, this brings us all back to TEOs, guys. If there was no such thing as TEOs, if there was no such thing as this uh, whole naming and labeling society, we wouldn't have Coke and Pepsi. We just have brown juice and brown juice. And they would just coexist without label. They would be generic brands. But a Titleist, a TEO one day had to sit down and say, okay, we're going to call this brown juice Coca-Cola. And another guy on the other side of town said, we're going to call this brown sugary juice Pepsi. Uh, And a lot of people know that Pepsi was started in Japan. Pepsi, of course, a Japanese word for peace. And Coca-Cola was started in Australia. Coca-Cola being slang for let's go to the beach and so it was kind of to celebrate happiness and good Two happy times. concepts peace uh, and beach and little did they know the company creators they would bring so much uh cancerous kind of kind of uh, harmful effects to people by Especially these diet horrible sodas aspartame which really limit your ability to function and mm. ultimately promote the possibility of gaining all different various fun forms of cancer but there is a catch guys a lot of people don't know that if you just add a simple wedge of lemon to any of your Coke products, all of the harmful um, attributes to the product are reversed. Lime being Pepsi is more, uh, more citrus. I would say. Citrus choice. I would say, yeah. Um, you can reverse the effects. All the harmful effects will go away. Just squeeze that lemon in, put it in there with a little plastic straw, leave the paper on so the turtle can have maximum suffering, 
and then you are brought to success. You can create a nice head effects. actually from the paper on mm. the uh, top, similar to a I beer or an then IPA. You can do this little trick that I learned in grade school. You take that What'd little paper off, put it on a plate, and then grab that straw. You can actually suction up some of the liquid if you put your hand over the top of the straw, bring it out of the glass onto the plate with that little paper onto the little paper and it makes a little worm you create a little creature so not only are you doing good for yourself as long as you have that lemon wedge but you're kind of creating a new species you're procreating as humans should you're learning about origami mm -hmm. and that's really an important thing that more public schools need to get on to right because pepsi is a japanese company at the end of the day origami you know ordinary uh these are all japanese values and i feel like we're not getting enough jap in our u.s i think that's because of our dark history um which you know history never repeats itself let's forget about it let's forget about the whole thing let's shake hands while we can and we need more uh J japanese culture hey mm -hmm. namaste well we're starting with In pepsi and we're gonna go from there see where it goes so hopefully next episode we'll report back to you with how uh coke and pepsi has been affecting our daily life in the meantime guys we want you to just subscribe and like downstairs down below you go down there leave a comment leave a like leave a thumbs up and also listen to us on apple podcast app spotify simplecast which is an amazing new service that we've uh, been using Podbay. you can even hear us on stitcher i'm getting worried in right now that we are on stitcher folks so anywhere that you can hear a podcast you can hear us or of course you could watch us on the glorious most notorious platform in the world not YouTube. daily motion not vimeo youtube so guys that's going to be it for today's episode i'm caleb cronano i'm jake dm but i just want to sh uh, point in one more thing we want to dedicate this drink episode to who's that famous youtuber who does all of the big gulps ah we just want to give a quick shout cowboy. out cowboy ah what's his name yeah he has a big black head it's it's very round and shiny he's really big man he takes up his whole couch what's his name i don't know but He's a great guy, guys. He's related to, uh, related to you know, Dame Drops, related to Matt Stoney, related to these kind of guys. He drinks Coke every day, and he doesn't let it get to him except for his massively obese weight. We need to send in an Arnold Palmer request. Yeah, we'll How put his name, we'll put his YouTube down below and we'll right here. We'll figure it out for you guys. We'll figure it out for you guys. We'll do the heavy lifting as we tend to do. We're giving a shout out to him. Hopefully he shouts us out in his next episode. That would be amazing, guys. So we will see you in the next one. Hope you have an amazing, glorious day. Remember that you are dumb, thick skulls, and you probably are too stupid to be watching this podcast at the end. Thanks, guys. Mike Bloomberg for president. Over there, is that Cronano? Yoo-hoo. What have you been up to, my silly boy? Well, just looking for a new angle, my dear. You ready to begin? Yahoo! Turn on the podcast and listen real close. We're the two fatos that you love the most. What's your angle? What's your angle? What's your angle podcast? If you love me, please tell me.